Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. I'm here in studio for a case study with uh, Ben Metcalf, who I've actually known for many years. He's a personal friend, but um, I was saying to Luke before doing this that you know Luke was like, "Well, aren't, aren't people going to say like just this guy's just your friend, so that's why he's talking positively about the course?" But you and I have been exercising every day this year, and it took me about ten months of talking to you about the course before you finally <laughs> decided to do it. So, yeah. So uh, tell tell us a little bit about yourself and what got why you're learning Chinese. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's great to be here. Um, so I've been I've been in China for about ten years. Um, I never studied Chinese formally before I came out here. Um, obviously, I had you know, checked a few websites and stuff, and had a had a phrase book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, how useless that would have been now. Um, but yeah, so when I first came to China, I was living with a Chinese family. Um, I really enjoyed living out here and decided to stay longer, try to make. A, more of a life out here mm. um so uh yeah i've been working mainly in an english-speaking environment for most of that time which has sort of hampered my chinese i right, guess right. a little bit um you used to work for the british chamber british of commerce, chamber of commerce. Was that your longest yeah. running job for sure in yeah. china yeah for sure like the what <laughs> 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 um and i'm still sort of with them but i i think it's pretty obvious for anybody that's living out here that I think you know you, you learn your basic Chinese just from being out here and just learning the mannerisms, but that only gets you so far. Um, and certainly, if you're, you know, if you're a long-term expat or you know foreigner living out in China, then you know, Chinese is, is 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 super important. And you know, I, I've certainly got the feeling that the more you learn, the the, the easier your life becomes out here. And I yeah. think just the more doors that open, the more mm. opportunities that you get. Um, you know, there's certain scenarios where I get really, or have been really frustrated because I've not been able to communicate what I what I wanted to say. So, mm. um, yeah, I've uh, I've been trying to learn Chinese for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were. Uh, I, I get the sense that originally, when I was telling you about Mandarin Blueprint. You were probably thinking like, okay, yeah, but this is like probably more for beginners, and you totally. are, you do have obviously a, a a basis in Chinese. You're an intermediate Chinese learner essentially, so a lot of what we uh, might be talking about in the early parts of the course you know before, but uh, nonetheless, though, you decided you wanted to go for it, and so. Uh, like before we go into what it was like, maybe you could talk a little bit about what it was like to work. On Chinese the way you were working on it before so like we're working with tutors I remember I used to see you in the Starbucks working with a tutor yes uh, so like what was that like and what approaches were you taking and what did you I guess ultimately find not satisfying about them otherwise you were just stuck with them I, well I've tried it a few different ways I think you know I remember watching one of the videos that Luke has made about and he was describing I guess sort of the wrong paths that he'd gone down with his Chinese and it really resonated with me because I think I'd done basically every yeah. rookie error uh, in learning Chinese that you could have done. Um, you know, if I could go back and give my 10-year former self some advice, that would have been amazing. But you know, I started out with um, just sort of like group classes in the evening, uh, mm. which were super casual. Um, it was a Chinese lady that ran them. And we just had, you know, the regular textbook that you would go through. And that was fine. Um, but this was before I'd even come to China. And, you know, I I, I didn't really focus on the characters. Uh -huh. Yeah, Characters were gone. Um, I sort of only focused on the pinyin. Didn't even care much about the tones. And I thought this is going to be enough to get me through. Yeah, this that's an interesting one that's come up a lot. I've heard a lot of people say, like, ah, it doesn't really matter with the tones. Just speak fast and they'll understand you. And I'm like... <laughs> I've always been like, I don't think that's true, but, um, you know, and I definitely don't think it's true now, but like, that's a, an interesting sort of myth that goes around uh, foreign circles, which I think is more of a hope than it is yeah, uh, yeah. truth. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think as well, it's, it's, it really depends like what your goal is with Chinese and where you want it to be. I think if you just want to come here as a tourist and like order a couple of bottles of water and a beer and mm -hmm. maybe some cooked rice or something, like sure, sure, sure. that sort of approach is, is not too bad. But I quickly realized that once I got here that it wasn't going to be sufficient. So um, once I got to China, I, I decided, right, okay, start again, start properly, like mm -hmm. try to learn the characters. Uh, I 
when I was here, it was, the first year was like 2010, I was in Chindao, so every morning we'd used to go to a school and there was like a two hour class with a local Chinese girl and she would just teach me and there was a Lithuanian guy that was in my class. Um, but I t again, like retention wasn't very good. Um, whether it was me as a bad student or the teaching methods were not so great, I just it, it just didn't stick. So that, how did you study? Did you just like look at the textbook? Yeah, it was sort of like look at the textbook. It was sort of a little bit more deeper than what I'd done at the night school. The mm -hmm. night school was just super casual. We were learning more like about Chinese culture and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. places in China and, and and that sort of stuff. It was more of an introduction to China, yeah. uh, whereas this was basically, I guess, the first beginner. Um, class and they they would teach you some some characters, but you'd basically get like a new word list every day. There'd be like maybe thirty character Chinese words on there. Yeah. You'd learn those that evening. You go there the day after. And you you you'd say those words and you could probably remember them for a couple of days. And then right, right. You, once you've got a few days into it, you go to try and review like four days ago and gone. Like, yeah, it's all bucket. gone again. Yeah, it's all just it stays in the bucket for a little bit. You know that reminds me. That makes me think of like if you were to say to somebody, okay, you're gonna do thirty words a day. That somebody might look at that and go, okay, well, that seems possible. Maybe a little bit mm. of hard work, but it seems possible. But then when you think of it as like, but if you don't know the characters, it really means something like, you know, in one word, two characters, if you don't know the components, that might be four components. If you don't know the pronunciations, that's two syllables. You've got the tones, so that's two tones. We're already at eight things. We got the meanings of the characters, mm. so that's 10 things. So, now suddenly it's uh instead of it being 30 words 30 pieces of information there might be 10 things you don't know about each word so that's 300 yeah. new facts that you have to learn every day and mm -hmm. it's like nah sorry our mm -hmm. brains i can't we can't handle it that way so like that's one of the things that i find i it's not your fault basically like, the yeah. fact that you couldn't retain the information it's like you would have had to have had a super genius level iq to be able to handle that much information yeah. every day and so, yeah, yeah. So those classes just got really frustrating. And I only had like a four week block of it uh, when I first got here. And <clears throat> it's just a little bit disencouraging when, you know, you just couldn't remember anything. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I think it's probably worth mentioning, like my Chinese learning sort of comes in, comes and goes. <laughs> right, think, yeah. Well, like, I'll have yeah. periods of peaks time and where- Peaks and valleys motivation. Yeah, 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 sure. Peaks and valleys with motivation for sure. Um, and I'd have times where I'd, really put a lot of time onto it and then other times I, I could go maybe like a year or two years without really putting too much effort in mm -hmm. um so i just sort of stopped going to this school once the, the once the classes were up um and then i found i actually one was actually pretty good was uh the rosetta stone um so i i got mm. this <laughs> I got a fake copy at the chinese market in shanghai oh yeah which was great 30 kwai for i think it was like a 400 buck program or oh, something <laughs> yeah yeah uh, bad um <laughs> <laughs> so i started with that and this was the first time i sort of like dropped pinion altogether um i don't know if you've used rosetta stone before or not but i think the, the approach is similar to a as if you were a child and they sort of give yeah. you pictures and it's, it's complete it's fully immersion so there's no english in there and you could choose to turn art you could either have like the characters displayed with pinion and the hanza or just the hanza or just the pinion so mm -hmm. um this was the point where i was like okay only characters pinion doesn't yeah pinion's not important to me I've, of course you need to sort of learn to write pinion and there's tones there as well but that was when i really started to focus on the characters and to be honest, I was I was actually quite impressed with the program. Um, yeah, that program's like three 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 levels in there, um, but it only took you to a certain level. Yeah, no, I've always said that Rosetta Stone's not a like it's like there's a couple of I, I've I've looked into Rosetta Stone and it, overall of all the things you can start with, I think it's not so bad. Like Pimsleur has um, a bunch of advantages for your pronunciation and very basic vocabulary. Uh, but Rosetta Stone also has the sort of don't think in English, remember that you're trying to get to the point where you just think in the mm -hmm. language. And that's a great starting point. But yeah, it doesn't go that far, which is mm -hmm. kind of, which is, you know, hey, like, it's a good thing in what it does. But yeah, it doesn't go that far. And so you end up eventually limited yeah. with what you can do. And, and also uh, up until this point, there were still characters, like the idea of components to characters or radicals or stuff just 
this hadn't even been I wasn't aware of this yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still just trying to remember the character is in its in its entirety. Um but I I, I was good with Rosetta Stone. I kind of likened it to driving lessons where you know you, you your driving lessons teach you how to drive sort of safely how to control the car mm -hmm. and then once you've passed your test you're sort of on the road and that's when you really start to sort of get your experience driving and stuff yeah, so yeah Rosario Sutton was in a similar way it taught you I guess the, the basics yeah. um, but it also taught you how to ask how to say stuff and say stuff in different ways so if you didn't know a word or a phrase you could sort of try to get around it mm -hmm. um the early stages of fluency yeah yeah um and you know if you one of those people that have a bit more confidence and you can take a few words and just go for it and are not so worried about making a mistake then mm. it was quite good um but I, it, it didn't go all the way and so i finished that and there was still obviously huge gaps left in my chinese uh and to be honest at this point i probably took a step back because I thought mm -hmm. oh, I've completed Rosetta Stone now I just need to go out into the world of China and yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> absorb the, the language right <laughs> yeah. um, there's always there's a Simpsons episode where Bart goes to uh, France and he can't speak he's on a winery or something and yeah, he can't yeah. speak Fr can't French speak and then French, all of a sudden he's, he starts speaking French I honestly expected that to happen to me and it, it, it still hasn't happened <laughs> yeah, yet yeah. <laughs> it's still not uh, happened you know French is one of the closest languages to English and so, gosh, maybe a little bit, but it's just that idea of that happening with Chinese. It's too that there's too many differences from the source language. Like if you were a Japanese yeah. speaker and you spent some time maybe. in China, maybe because you could. But even still, even still, it's really tough. I just thought it was a case of being out here and just trying to listen as much as possible. But no. Um, so, so this sort of got me to like, you know, you have sort of. A, steps and pla plateaus and steps in, in 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 chinese language yeah yeah so this put me up upon to my next sort of plateau and i think i've stayed there for a long time mm -hmm. um and then it was only really like a few years ago i was like okay i'm still not quite there you meet a lot of other people that have great chinese who have been in chinese china less than you and it's like oh gosh i've let my uh i've, I've took my finger off the ball so I I was like, okay, let's 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 start again. Let's let's do it properly. Um, and I wanted to do, actually get some sort of qualification for it, like like, like the HSK certificates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I got a private tutor um, this time, and again we would start going through sort of uh, HSK books. Um, I think we started at level four, and then realised that because I'd not started from the beginning of the books. There was like I already had a base knowledge there, but there were still gaps in the middle right, of right. like certain different things that hadn't been covered in Rosetta Stone or in the other methods that I'd been using. So yeah. I thought, okay, right, let's go back to the beginning again. So start from HSK one, and we'll just, I mean, obviously, like we got through HSK one, HSK two fairly quickly, uh -huh, um, uh -huh. and sort of we got up and finished HSK four. Uh, but I think private student, it was good, but my teachers were not very consistent maybe they changed my teachers every two months or something which was not good sometimes mm -hmm. i'd have a good teacher sometimes i'd have yeah not as good a teacher yeah, i don't yeah. want to say some, any negative words but um how, yeah. the, how was your reviewing with uh private tutors it was the same like just go back to the book and reread the book or whatever did you have anything else going on that's a good point yeah so we'd have the class with the tutor and i would try to remember or, or or learn the next sort of chapters words before we have the next class because what what i found was we were wasting quite a lot of time because if you don't know the character you don't know the character right, right so yeah. you've got to be like um i don't know how to say it i don't know what it means yeah, yeah um i just i can't remember it so i didn't want to waste this like hour and a half i had with my tutor just trying to remember what these words were so i was like right, right look there's no point in you coming here to try and teach me grammar and sentence structure and stuff mm -hmm. uh, unless I know the words. Like, you can't really teach me the words. Like, I've got to learn that myself. So mm -hmm. um, once I've done the lesson, once I've learned the lesson, come on over and, and we'll go through, like, the, the dialogues and right. all, all the grammar rules, etc. cetera, uh, which was good. And the way I was learning it was just with Pleco. Um, I mm -hmm. think, you know, probably the most common Chinese-English uh, dictionary app. 
sure, sure. here. Um, but they've got like a flashcard function in there, right. and yeah. you can download all of the HSK uh, right. levels. But you can also add sort of cards to it. So I would go through basically the the next chapter and just add all those words mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on my walk or something. I would just yeah, yeah. make sure I got the flashcards, yeah. and and that's what I was doing. And it, and it was good. I think it, it was a good way. It was really good to have like like a language coach to be able to ask questions to. Um, I really did enjoy that part of it. And they were quite convenient. They'd come around my house and stuff, but it was inconsistent. You know, they mm-hmm. the times were always changing. The teachers were always changing. It's not exactly the cheapest way of doing it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Progress is a little slow, and you do have to sort of put that time on it yeah. outside of the classes as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was going great. But I think, again what I found was that I'm doing these flashcards on Pleco and I wasn't separating characters and words. So I couldn't tell you exactly how many characters I'd learned, um, how many words, but I was up to about 2,000 flashcards Mm -hmm. and I have maybe like a 90% retention on that. Um, But getting past that, it was just incredibly difficult. Mm. I think... For the first sort of batch of characters, you can sort of remember them just by recall. If so long as you look at them enough times, you, you see Which them out. Which will naturally be provided by your environment because the highest frequency characters, like you can learn top down to some degree. You can just be like, well, I see, you know, e everywhere. So and I see sh everywhere. So yeah. even though I might not have learned the character bottom up by learning the components first and whatever, I can still learn it top down. But it, around 2,000 flashcards or so, that's when that stops being the case because you, the new stuff you're learning is pretty important. Like, you're going to need to know it to get to the meat of the language, but it's not necessarily every day you're going to see the character. So, yeah, yeah, I, I totally I hear yeah. that. Um, and, like, the other challenge was that you would end up getting so many flashcards to do every day that, you know, you, you, you knew pretty confidently like 80% of them. So you're just sort of wasting time like learning Jin or Gong over and over again. Mm-hmm, it's like these, mm-hmm. these words are, I mean, I've been out here a long time and, you know, I've already learned Chinese. There's there's, there's yeah. some foundations there, right? And right, right. So, again, it's like progress started to slow down once you got to about 2,000 characters. And what, and what I found was that, especially for the first batch of characters, was fine but you get to a point where there's so many characters that look super similar to each other and mm-hmm. they only have like tiny little differences in them yeah uh and and, and again i haven't got into the world of components yet yeah, right? right so yeah, yeah. i had no um scaffolding to sort of categorize and separate these characters mm-hmm. and it was always just sort of when i was doing the flashcards it was always sort of like i have a good feeling that that's this character yeah and yeah yeah you know, there's some characters I was like very sure, and then others I had a good feeling, and then there was some it was just like I just it could be this, it could be that, it could mm-hmm. be three or four different different things, um, and I noticed that words have certain like components or radicals to them that indicate like you know the grass, like the sow or the mm-hmm. the water bottle sort of. Yep. The, sorry, the water bottle is my prop. Um, yeah, yeah, the wa- water, sand right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for those characters that were similar that I knew the component for, mm-hmm. it was just like straight away obvious. Like um, you could recall it straight away. But for all of those characters I didn't know the components for, I, that's sort of where I've hit this glass ceiling. And I was at that glass ceiling for, it must have been about two years, where like, how am I going to get past it? Right. Um, which is probably like 10 months into it, you know, of talking about Mandarin Blueprint. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I finally decided, right, okay, take the plunge. And I always had reservations to start with because I've already started Chinese several times. There's already yeah. what I would like to have thought is a good foundation already there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just very cautious to it. It's time, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Well, to some degree, you have to. Like, I mean, I I say kudos to you for that because I mean, the amount of times that you've basically, um, as meditators would say, uh, begin again. Just sort of like always treat the every moment of uh, meditation as if it's the first time you've ever meditated mm. and it's sort of, sort of similar with with how you've approached chinese and that's that's very painful 
to do when you've put in efforts before because it makes you feel like, oh, I wasted some efforts or like these efforts didn't bear the fruits I had originally hoped for. And by the act of restarting, you're kind of admitting that. And mm -hmm. it's like some, a lot of times people don't want to take it. So I think that that's actually a very admirable thing to do because then you're basically just saying, all right. And then also there's like, you don't have to be quite so harsh about it in your own mind. You can just be like, well, there are definitely gaps in my knowledge. I got to go find them. So like, mm -hmm. let's go through this, you know, rather because Mandarin Blueprint, what we are going for, and whether or not we totally succeed is, is another question, but what we're going for is to try to be as meticulous as we can in the early stages so that you don't have those gaps or or the gaps, you know, every new time you sit down to do it, you feel like you're filling gaps. And so that's uh, that's what we're going for. So then you started to do it at like right after National Week, so right after, uh, right around October. Mm. And so today is December 10th, the day we're recording this. So You've been doing it for two months and 10 days. Um, so maybe first you could just talk about your general experience and then we can get into some of the specifics. But like, what was it like going through and how did you, you know, how did you approach it as an intermediate learner? Because I'm sure we'll have other intermediate learners who might watch this. So, Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I think obviously I was trying to rush through it to start with because I was like in this attitude of, okay, I'm an intermediate learner. Like I can maybe skip the beginning part. But I think... Once you start watching the videos, you quickly realize, okay, there's there's more to this than just learning Chinese. You're learning like a technique um, to do it. So yeah. uh, actually maybe starting from the beginning is pretty important. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I started from the beginning because I'm also a little bit of like a completionist. Like I like the idea of ticking all the boxes and, sure, and getting sure. it all done. Um, so I even started with the pronunciation course. Yep. Um, and there was actually quite a few good things in there that um, I hadn't knew before as well. So I was, I was quite happy I took that. Um, obviously, I think for the foundation course, mm. uh, there's, especially for the first few levels, um, it felt like it was taking a long time. Yeah, um, sure. Obviously, there's, there's, there's the videos and stuff as well. Um, a lot of it's sort of introducing concepts and like like Anki, how to set up Anki and stuff, which I hadn't used until this point. I'd only used Pleco. Um, yeah. Which is definitely not the worst. Because it's not the worst. Pleco no. is like, you know, at least it has a spaced repetition function mm -hmm. in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's Does definitely... It? Uh, oh, it doesn't? Oh, I, maybe it doesn't. I, I didn't have a spaced repetition. Maybe I wasn't using it properly, but it definitely wasn't one for, for me. Right, right. Um, so you got started on on Anki, and and one of the things that I always feel like is important. Actually, let's let's pause on Anki for just a second because I know that it's the most user unfriendly part of our course. But would you say that it's been it was worth getting it sorted? You know, in the sense that it takes some time. You have, it might take a day of setting it up and making sure you get the understanding. Mm -hmm. It probably takes a couple of weeks before you feel like you're in the flow of it and you understand how it works. But you know, sort of maybe you could comment on that and whether or not it was worth I it. I didn't like Anki to start with. I sure. was like, this is this sucks. Like, yeah, this yeah. is so mafan compared to, to Pleco. And in Pleco, everything's sort of like nicely colored and super simple to use. Uh, yeah. However, looks like it's from the early 90s. Yeah. How, how, however, having used it for a while, um, you know, I wish I could have gone back in time and just been like, just don't even use Pleco. Just, just yeah. go straight to this. I wasted so much time on Pleco learning characters that. I already knew, right. and, and instead of spending that time on learning stuff that would have been more useful, uh, I, I genuinely can't believe the the acquisition rate for the Ranky. It's mm -hmm. you know every day. I mean, so long as you're doing it every day, yeah. which is I, I kind of like that attitude anyway. Um, you know, it, it, it's it. I'm I'm really impressed with it. Like mm -hmm. I, it's almost too good to be true. I'm waiting to sort of hit that glass ceiling that I hit with Pleco. Yeah. Um, again, sort of. A lot of the characters that I've been learning so far, like I already have a good under good grasp of, of of those characters. I think I think the difference between learning through the flashcards from Pleco and with the Blandman Blueprint with with Anki is that with Pleco I had just you know a strong feeling or a very good guess of what that character was. Mm -hmm. um, but then with Anki, you can actually I can and, and obviously Anki with with the method. I can see that character in my head, and like, mm -hmm. and I just know what that character is. And yeah. it's, it's it's a confidence I've never had with Chinese before. Um, but I, I think you know, not to sort of shit on um, on Pleco. I, yeah, yeah. I still think Pleco is good. Yeah. I think it comes back to what your goals are with Chinese. You yeah. know, if your Chinese, if your goals are to sort of just be able to have a bit of a conversation and 
get get by, then then Pleco's great. You know, you can get to about two thousand flashcards, and and that's still a lot of Chinese um, mm-hmm. for someone that's you know, visiting or sure. spending like just one year in China. Um, obviously, my goal is like I want to be. Dude, I'd love to be able to speak Chinese like you. <laughs> um, and I think oh, you're on your way. Yeah, well, hopefully. Uh, but I, I think you know, learning Chinese for me, it's been sort of like navigating this maze of Chinese language. Like you make some progress, and then re- you realize you've hit a dead end, and you need to come back a little bit, and then maybe take a different approach mm-hmm. uh, to get to the goal that you're that you're trying to get to. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the that's all why we're trying to. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. This analogy of what um, you know. Everybody needs to have different levels of resolution on what the path is. So you could say you, the first level of resolution is like very low. Maybe you can see – like you can – you know, you, you're, you're on the earth and you're looking at a microscope and you're looking at a, a, a cell like or an atom even or whatever. And you're looking at something that high resolution. And you just keep pulling back, keep pulling back until you're like outside the earth looking down the earth. Let's just keep it at that scale for the moment. We don't have to go to galaxies. So if you're looking down at the earth, you can see things like where does Europe relate to North America and like how to, you know, how far would you have to navigate? And But you're not in the details. You're not at sea traveling on a boat, you know, in the real mm-hmm. level of it. And so we want people to get that like there's this higher resolution thing that you need to understand, which or sorry, lower resolution thing that you need to understand, which is that the hardest parts of Chinese are the pronunciation and the characters. And if you get those correct, everything else builds much more naturally. Uh, and that all the teaching materials thus far, they don't teach pronunciation all that well, and they teach ter- characters terribly. And so it's like, if you can get those right, then things will go the way you want them. Now, okay, now that we have that idea, let's zoom in on the characters and get to the point where you're at full resolution, which is something that I consider to be actionable. It's like, here's what you do now, this mm. next second. Mm. You look at this component and you come up with an image to represent it. And then, okay, now we're going to combine that component with one you already knew and a character that means this. Let's put that together and you know, come up with a way to remember it. And that's the full resolution action. And then you just kind of move in and out. And we're trying to get it to the point where people can see the whole map. So, you know, we could have called the company Maps of Mandarin, Blueprints, a similar concept. It's like... You're, we're trying to chart the course for you. This is what you do next. But if you pull out and you see the larger picture, you can tell, okay, where am I in this process? And so, um, you know, speaking of your, you've learned about what, 330 characters? You said, yeah. what, what's that level? Do you remember? Just level, finished level 23. Level 23. So you're in level 24 now, which is uh, phase three of the course, or phase four, phase four of the course, which is, uh, so you're going to start probably seeing some longer dialogues. Yep. And so, Let's talk about how it how it went like on a little bit more of a in a detailed way in terms of we've got the hands and movie method for learning characters. We've got, you know, the the flashcards for learning words and the sort of concepts of having a personal connection or adding an image. You've got the uh, sentences and now some longer dialogues. But tell me about how that felt going through those different phases and, you know, your sort of what you think about. Like, let's just start with the hands and movie method. What did you think of using these mnemonics to remember the characters? I, well, I, I guess um, I was initially very impressed with it. Uh, I still am very impressed with it. Um, I thought, hang on, I think my first impression was, like, hang on a minute, this is a lot to remember just for this one character. And right, right. I kind of remember the scene and all these different actors and stuff. Um, and I think I think it was out and I remember breaking it down to actually how many characters we need to remember versus how many sets and yeah, yeah. I think once you put it in like that spectrum, like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like impossible. Mm-hmm. You know? Like it's it's when once you can see it all, it's like okay. Yeah. Um, a big moment for me was actually seeing the pinyin chart. I'd never seen that before. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's in the pronunciation course, right? So mm-hmm. when you're able to actually sort of see actually here are all the words you can make in Chinese. Yeah. I think that sort of. So, okay, actually, like, it's achievable. Didn't see, achievable, yeah. It just yeah, yeah. didn't seem as, as bad. Um, but you can also see something like, you know, when people say, this seems like so much to remember for one character. It's like, but you're, all the elements that you're putting into that mnemonic device are going to be used again. You know, so it's like, you're not, it's not just for that character because you're solidifying your relationship with the mnemonic uh, location, you know, whether it's your apartment or your school, the 
person because you're going to see them again. Like it's mm. like, oh, it's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, get ready mm. to see Sherlock Holmes again later. Um, and the components, some components are more rare. They only come up a few times, but most of them come up all the time. Mm. So it's like they're them being the objects or the props in your mnemonic scene. So it's like I get that feeling, of course, but I always want to tell people, just keep going. You're going to discover it yeah. wasn't a waste of time. Yeah, and then so that must have happened for you, I suppose. There was a number of aha moments like mm-hmm. that I've had so far. Um, and I think it's a great feeling because, as I say, I've I've been at this glass ceiling for a while, and and finally I feel like I've got some tools now to get through this glass ceiling. I can see the path I need to follow, um, and that's going to get me well. Hopefully, is going to get for me through that level, and um, you know maybe there will be another glass ceiling. Who knows? But it's sort of unknown unknowns. But at, at, at the moment, we're going quite quite well with it. Um, there's definitely these these aha, aha moments with it. Um, I think I think for me, there was certainly a few characters where I'm learning. I'm doing my Anki, and I'll see the character, and I'm like, oh, I have no idea what that is, how mm. to pronounce it, and I sort of. Then you break it down into the components, which I'd never had before, right? And right. It was always just the character as it's... Yeah, as if I don't know it, that's it. Like, yeah. it's just I got to learn it again. Yeah, yeah. And then to be able to break it into these little components and, okay, so who was it with the, I don't know, the tree and, and the eyeball? Who was, who was that? Where were they? And mm-hmm. actually that comes back and it triggers those memories. And that's happened a few times now where I've actually been able to sort of deconstruct the character to figure out what the opinion was and how yeah, to pronounce yeah. it and it when that happens it feels great because yeah. i was never able to do that it was just like uh no uh i, I didn't get that flash card right uh, but now it's actually okay think about it and dig it out of the memory and mm-hmm. and yeah that's that that's super super rewarding uh, yeah, yeah and and you go through them pretty fast like you yeah. uh you're not the type to um you know take make your scene necessarily all that spectacular you're just trying to get to the point you know like as quickly as possible and so that i'm really curious about because that means you can probably go through a character pretty quickly so like on average how long does it take you to learn a character my scenes are so random uh (laughs) maybe 30 seconds yeah 30 seconds or so i mean it depends what the components are some components just fall naturally with the person and the meaning which is right because the components are if you make the component based in the meaning the there was a logic to the chinese Mm. character having that component and not another one so a lot of times the left side component especially tends to be related to the meaning it's like all right well if you can connect the meaning of the component component to the meaning of the character it's usually pretty natural but yeah Mm. yeah so yeah go on yeah so 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 that's been really great to sort of been able to deconstruct these characters um and i think another thing that i've gained which I've, I've never been able to do before is you know you're not just learning to read but you're also learning to write the characters right mm-hmm. um i've never considered learning to write chinese um i'm still i put my hands up i'm still not actually writing down Mm-hmm. The characters. I know you tell me to do, do you it write them uh, like with your finger. I sort of do the the air writing that you see a lot I've of the Chinese people. I've done that a lot. <laughs> but um, like I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty disciplined. If it's wrong, I'll click wrong. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna cheat yeah. myself. Um, but like I've never been able to do that. And to actually be able to see the character in your head is um, you know something that I would I, I never really thought would be would be so useful. And I think it it comes back to again. Where do you want to be with Chinese? And if you want to be fluent and you want to get past that sort of 2,000 flashcard barrier, yeah. you've got to learn to not necessarily write, but you need to learn how to build the character, I think. And I think that was the lesson that I've learned. That's mm-hmm. that's the key lesson that I've learned. And I think if I could go back to 10 years ago when I first started, yeah. you know, <laughs> young Ben <laughs> disregarding characters and disregarding tones yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'd probably <laughs> big shake and <laughs> it's uh you know back then I was it was a top-down approach and sure. yeah although that's quite useful and you can yeah there are get some stuff things. from that like you still need to couple that with the bottom-up approach and yeah. you know I wouldn't Especially even the say Chinese. the characters like the components are so important. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And if I could go back and like tell myself something that that would be it. It's just like look, you know, learn to write these characters because it might seem like a lot of effort now, but once you get to that glass ceiling where you're just oversaturated with it just becomes squiggles on a page. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to actually deconstruct these characters is is <laughs> the only way that I've seen is to be able to get me past past that, which is uh, which, right. which is which is great. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, sentences so far because the sentences, you know, uh, are you know on the level of grammar, you don't. I mean, I guess how we tend to think of grammar, which is grammar on the level of the sentence. We don't tend to think of grammar as much as being on the level of the paragraph or the story, although that does exist. Just it gets so complicated, it starts to be hard to articulate. But um, from sentences, from that perspective, you kind of start to get a feeling for grammar. Now, you're relatively... it's still, I would say you're still new in the sentences, like getting sentences in this way where mm. it's like, you know, every day, lots of sentences mm. going through. But how does it feel so far? Like walk me through what it was like to sort of start doing your flashcards with your sentences and then kind of moving more into that each day, getting the repetition of the comprehensible sentence. Where you're like, I know what that means. Yeah, I think especially having that confidence to be able to read the characters, then once you move on to the sentences, you know, it, it, it's, it's great because you know what those words are, so you're not spending that time like sort of, okay, I'm, I'm not sure I've got that word right. Right. Um, so you're actually just focusing on on, on just trying to read it quickly um, and actually the meaning, like, is this what I actually thought it meant? And there's actually quite a few examples where um, these sentences I've been using for a while uh, just out in daily life and they're not actually what I thought they were. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so that's been quite good. Yeah. Um, it's always good to go back to the beginning, I guess. To 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 to. to, to oh, that's that good. It's always going to happen sometimes. But I, I sort of what I've what I've experienced is that I mean, my reading was sort of okay anyway, like like for simple text messages mm-hmm. and or, or WeChat and stuff. Um, but what I've realised is is that you don't really read the individual character. You sort of you see four or five mm-hmm. sort of grammar blocks, and you sort yeah. of. You don't really read it. You just know what the meaning is. Yeah. I find that, like, you know, especially, like, a good example is duh. If you have mm. a duh in the sentence, my brain has started to, like, kind of chunk the two – what the duh is gluing together. It's gluing, it's gluing two things together. It's like, okay, this belongs to that. Whether it's a concept of a person, literally, like, this is my cup. Or mm. if it's, like, this concept belongs to this larger concept, yeah. right? You know, uh uh one I've been hearing a lot recently is the Xinjiang <laughs> the the Xinjiang region that belongs yeah. to China. Uh, and so you're like, you see that and you go, okay, I just see Zhongguo, the Xinjiang. I don't really see the individual characters now because mm. the de like sort of indicates to my brain, okay, just, just glue them together quickly. And that was sort of an observation I made recently. So that's, that's interesting. So you're already feeling that. And I mean, obviously it's because you've been reading yeah. Chinese before, but uh, that's good to hear. So like, what like, about the uh, like sense yo of... Mei yo, like, oh, you, yeah. you wouldn't realize it's just, you just oh, yeah, see yeah, it yeah, as yeah. the three word block. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, sure. Um, sorry, what did you say? Uh, so, like, so, just continue on with that. Like, so, when you're seeing them day to day, you know, because it's it's one of those things where you can't really comment that much on the full resolution version. It's like I saw this sentence and you know I understood it or I didn't, and I hit yes or no on Anki. But like, when you pull out a little bit and you go, okay, how how has this affected my life to be able to sort of see these sentences and have them kind of wash over you over this, you know, at this point we'll say several week period, but like it could, you know, how you'll feel about it six months in will be different. But how do you feel about it at the moment in terms of like, are you seeing Chinese in the street or in text messages that you're kind of more quickly clocking on to? For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, Like, you know, you see the the characters on all the buildings and on the street signs and stuff. And if it's one of the words that's been, I've already covered in, in the course, like that that word's almost highlighted. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's uh, I can see the components and I can see the story and yeah, yeah. Um, jumps out at you. It really does, uh, and it's it's just a clarity that I, I've not had before. Um, in terms of like sort of sentences and stuff, that that's been really useful. Uh, what what I did find was with some of the earlier sentences that like a lot of the words were sort of interchangeable. Like you mm-hmm. could put. You could put like, a whole number of different characters in there, yeah. um, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm getting it wrong because I'm not getting the right thing. But it still right. grammatically sort of made sense, and if you said it, it wouldn't be wrong. Right. Um, what I've really found useful though is, is taking that and then putting it into the like the dialogues or the opinion pieces right, yeah, that yeah. you've got. Um, I think for me, like I'm at that stage where I need to just sort of be reading chunks of Chinese mm-hmm. uh, as, mm-hmm. as well, which is um, well, you're, you're on your way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, um, and it's. You know, there's something about reading a paragraph of Chinese that just makes you feel awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Yeah, like, totally. Like, without sounding 
cocky or anything, but it, I think like the, before you come out to China, there's always sort of like it's so different. Like I'd love to be able to understand it. It's such an impossible task to be able mm-hmm. to sort of to do that. But when you actually can, or, or a page of Chinese on like in like a simple book or something, that is such a rewarding feeling. Um, and you, you almost feel like want to look around. Like, Did anyone else see me do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I found that really useful, and I think, especially in like dialogue or the opinion pieces, um, you learn so much more about how things are said, mm-hmm. the way that things are said, better ways of saying things. And I think mm-hmm. uh, just just through reading those, I'm actually learning quite a lot. I mean, like, I I feel like I've got the the ingredients right, like, uh, yeah. and I know the ingredients quite well now, or the 330 that I'm up to. Um, but then being able to you know apply those ingredients to sort of the larger picture um, right right it's, it's it's sort of how to use those ingredients mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it's i'm sort of learning that through through reading these larger dialogues yeah um, yeah totally i mean it's like kind of the there is some degree of you know when you're learning a character we want to get people from learning the character to applying the character as quickly as possible because the Actual process of learning the character, while absolutely essential, is still not at the level of the language. It's mm. still at the level of like the ABCs, kind of. You know, it's like learning the letter G or it's something. Training, right? Yeah. Right. So it's sort of yeah, it's like training at the gym, and then actually going to read the paragraph is the, I don't know, that's the race day. And so, yeah, there's there's that. Um, that's great to hear. That's great feedback. We're always because we've been wondering about the phase four and five. Uh, whether or not those longer form content or, like, resonate with people. So that's great to hear. And then um, so the last sort of larger topic I'd like to talk to you about is zero days off because uh, that's what we've been doing. You know, so like a little bit of context for this. We started um, – you know, we live in the same complex, which is by chance. And uh, we – It's a nice complex. Yeah, it's a nice complex. This is a cool place to live. Uh, and the – we decided, you know, I was I've been training at the gym for since I was 24, and uh, I can't even remember why we started, but like, we just started running together sometimes, and eventually you joined the gym in that was in the middle of our complex, and we started occasionally going there, and then we decided, you decided, uh, that we should do zero days off from exercise in 2019. Back in you, you brought it up in December, and I remember it was like New Year's Eve. Uh, party and we were talking about we're like we're gonna do it and that mentality was something that I was like yes we should do this because you know I learned Chinese by doing zero days off and even though you know your body's your body you got to be careful um you know both of us have had injuries at one point this year although yours was mine was actually gym related I I pushed it too far with a deadlift but you just uh, had a snowboarding injury but nonetheless though the general mentality of like body being able gonna go to the gym uh talk about a little bit how that mentality sort of can creep into other parts of your life, like for example, studying Chinese and how what you sort of some of your what the Chinese would call xindu, like the stuff that you've gotten, you've received uh, from that year of sort of sticking to mm. your guns, and you know because it's now December and yeah, uh, other really than done. injury, we're we're we've succeeded, you know. Yeah, well, um, I think zero days are. Zero days off, yeah. Um, not an easy task. Uh, I think it was great when I was going through the course and I realized, okay, we have to do zero days off with Anki as well because I, I, I sort of like that mentality. I think I think actually in hindsight for for exercise, I mean, we were doing stuff before. It was like maybe three or something times a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually find it easier when it's zero days off because yeah. – there's no choice in it now, right? There's no, yeah. uh, should I do it or should it, I not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think with three or four days a week, it's 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 a lot easier to skip it, mm-hmm. right? And it's a lot easier to be a little bit more flaky with it, um, a lot more inconsistent. So for sure, I mean, like zero days off was difficult to start with, but I think after like two or three weeks, I think we were both surprised at how how quickly it just became life yeah and just part of uh, part of daily routine yeah i remember at the very beginning you know we would be texting each other it'd be like hey zero days off you know it's kind of encouraging because it'd be like you know we needed it but then eventually it was just like it just became uh a part of the day to the point where 
you know, when I got injured and I wasn't doing it because I couldn't, I was like, this sucks. Like, yo, what's going Dude, on? That was, was, sort of my arm, that was the worst thing. Yeah. It wasn't that I'd broken my arm. It was that I'd broken my like eight month streak of zero days <laughs> off late and I couldn't yeah. now go and do it anymore, which was, which was, which was, which sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the point is it became such a, such a habit. Like that's one of the things like I always try to, cause I always feel like half of what we're trying to get people to understand with Mandarin blueprint is not so much the Chinese. It's just the consistency side mm. of things. It's like you could learn almost anything if you just are consistent about it. Um, and so, you know, Chinese is no different. And so the, thing I want people to understand is it's like, well, you will achieve this state where it doesn't even feel like you're trying to do it. It's just like, of course I'm doing it. Well, I'm mm. eating today. I'm brushing my teeth today mm. and I'm opening Anki. It's like, it just sort of becomes like that. And so it sounds like that transferred right over to doing yeah. Anki every day. Yeah. I, I got into zero days off and I, and I liked it. I liked the mentality that we, that we had. It was actually a motivator, if, if anything. I mean, right. we're still talking about the exercise. So when we came in, it was like, okay, Anki, you've got to do it zero days off. Get, get Anki down to zero every day. I was like, right, okay, yeah, we can, we can incorporate that. And yeah. uh, I think with Anki, you need to do it zero days off. If you didn't do it zero days off, it wouldn't work yeah. anywhere near as well as it would. Right. I, I couldn't imagine it be very effective if you didn't do it every day. Right. Uh, the whole purpose of like the, the 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 frequency or the algorithm is is for everyday everyday right, sort right, of right. use. Um, but also, I knew from what we'd already been through that very quickly this will just become part of life, mm -hmm. and Anki is now just part of my daily routine yeah how do you um, tend to do it most days do you do it with your like morning morning I tend, I tend tea to do it, or something I tend to do after the gym to be honest after the okay. exercise yeah, um, yeah i'll go home well, that's just, already a habit you're doing every day you're attaching yeah, it to the habit that's yeah good. i sort of um it's that sort of like half an hour be between sort of like dinner and just just sort of relax for a bit just sort of do my anki mm -hmm. um yeah. And um, post-exercise, your brain will be a bit yeah. more ready for learning, too. That's always good. Sure, yeah. Um, it just it, I, I never consciously decided to do it at that time. It, it just worked out that that's, that's the sort of time I'll, I'll, I'll end up doing it. Um, yeah. Um, I actually I, I really enjoy doing it, actually. I wish I had more flashcards on there to do. I mean, that was one of the thing, wow. differences between, <laughs> between Pleco and Anki. Was like Pleco, I was doing maybe five six seven hundred flashcards a day but right 90 percent of them were a waste of time because right, i was right. doing them too often right right um so when i got anki i was like what do you mean there's only 80 flashcards today like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's not enough like so i'm not you, learning i'm not so learning you gotta, so you gotta get the uh just keep going through the course faster yeah, well that, that well, explains the, partially uh, why you're um smashing through it so fast i mean obviously what happens is that because each of the phases still go on like it's like you learn the stuff you learn in phase one and then you keep doing it uh, and mm. then you learn the stuff you learn in phase two and keep doing it so it's not like um you like essentially your workload continues it just gets easier but like now you're probably at a point where you're not lacking for flashcards because if you keep going through the course you get so many sentences well yeah because because yeah. like the the cards if you get them right just take longer and longer to yeah, to resurface, back, right? right? Yeah, so yeah. unless you're, you've got to like feed Anki, otherwise you end up just having right. like 20 or 30 cards in right. a day. So, And if you um, have too few cards, then you could have the opposite problem. So like, obviously the natural thought is, well, if I'm doing zero days off, couldn't it get overwhelming with how much you have to do? But the flip side of that is that if you don't add enough new content to to Anki, it could get boring because it's just not that much. You know, you, you can progress. actually end up yeah. right. Exactly, you don't feel that progress, and so even though, so that's essentially how you find flow state. You find the the sweet spot between it's too much and it's overwhelming me, and I'm getting anxious about doing Anki and being like, there's not much to my Anki. It's boring. You want to find that sweet spot in between them, and somewhere everybody's got to find it for the amount of time they can spend per day. But uh, yeah, like that's a. Uh, that's cool to hear, though. <laughs> you don't have enough. It's like I don't even have enough flashcards. Like, good, good. Yeah, back to the you know, it, it really <laughs> it drives me mad when I open it up and there's like less than fifty. I'm like, right, okay, I need to, uh, I need to smash through some levels and just load, yeah. load it back up again. Yeah, um, it's a good cycle. Like the the learning feeds the reviewing, and the reviewing yeah. is kind of like you can get your stats and your reviewing. Um, you know, it'd be curious. Have you looked at your Anki stats? I actually looked at them last night on the way back. Um, and I think stats are good. Stats are quite good. I generally speaking, like I get most of them right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a few that, and I'm quite disciplined with it as well. Um, 
I, I think the set the scene ones are actually quite good for me. Um, I'm, I'm quite strong with that. It's the mm-hmm. it's the words, new words. Uh, mm-hmm. When you put like two or three characters together, yeah. like some of those, like I'll get wrong. Mm-hmm. So, but it, but it's great because if you get it wrong, it just means you get to see it more often. Like, right? Yeah. You know, Monkey's great. It's um, just like you know. I'm really looking forward to like I think my longest interval now is about three months. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to seeing these cards again in three months' time. And seeing if I actually do know them, right, and yeah, if yeah. I don't know them, great, because then I get to start again with them. Eh? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I saw that an interval once on, in Anki that made me laugh because uh, I was several years into studying Chinese, and I, um, the the female ta came up, and it had a if I put easy, if I rate rated as easy, which I would have, because it was very easy. Yeah. It was fourteen point one years, and I was like. That seems about right. If I stopped studying Chinese today, it would probably take me 14 years to forget ta. You know, so <laughs> it's definitely it's a it's an incredible uh, sort of application, incredible set of research. So, well, that's good. I hope that this is um, you know your story is helpful for people. And uh, I guess my final question about this is just um, if there's anybody out there that's looking to study Chinese, would you recommend Mandarin Blueprint? Uh, yeah, wholeheartedly. I mean, it's. it's... Maybe it doesn't sound so genuine, as obviously we're we're good <laughs> friends. Um, but I think you know everything I've said today is is very genuine. Um, like that is my Chinese story, and you know I've I've been through it. It's so many different methods, and sort of hit a dead end. I, I honestly do think that it's you need to consider what your goal is. Sure, um, sure. You know the Mandarin Blueprint methods. It's a, it's a huge mountain to climb, mm-hmm. um, and you have to put the work in. So you know, if you're only coming here for a two week holiday, you know, there's yeah, yeah. probably better ways. It's our pronunciation <laughs> course, and then uh, that's it. Right. <laughs> but yeah. But if you're like me, and you know, like the success of my career is probably dependent on my ability to speak Chinese. Now, um, mm-hmm. I'm that ingrained in sort of in in, in China. Um, so I'm going for you know HSK six. I want to be able mm-hmm. to get on stage and have a discussion in Chinese, answer questions in Chinese about current affairs and relevant complicated topics. Yeah. Uh, and and with that being the goal, I, I'd wholeheartedly recommend. Well, I mean, the components are super important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I think of all of the the methods that I've used. Um, I've been so impressed with with, with this uh, with with Mandarin Blueprint, and you know I'm I'm really looking forward to completing. You said fifteen thousand, fifteen hundred characters. Fifteen hundred characters at the so, moment. We'll keep expanding it, but yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm going to try and catch you up, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, we'll certainly check in with you again uh, when you've gotten further along the course and keep it up. Uh, you're smashing it, and uh, we'll see you uh, again in the future. Thanks everybody for listening. Mandarinblueprint.com as always, and we'll speak to you soon.